here. All right. I got Taylor Ledine on the podcast today. Welcome to the Stoke podcast, finally. Thanks, dude. I appreciate you having me on. It was, uh, what did we see, uh, just a week, a little over a week ago and down in yeah. near Tucson. Yeah, it's always good to see you. Every time you see me, I got the coffee trailer. Yeah. Now, well, you have coffee trailer, your family, now your little one. It's like you got a, you got a ton of stuff going on. It's crazy. Yeah, new job. Um, new job coming out of the off season, um, baby, we just got a cat <laughs> business. Yeah. It's we're, full play. Full dude, play. We're, our family just is run, runs on full throttle. We're pretty, <laughs> we're pretty good at just like going with the flow. Yeah. That's awesome. And then we'll be Belgian waffle this weekend. Okay. And then we'll be doing business and racing cactus cup next weekend. Are you guys going to go home back north between the two? Oh, yeah. Go yeah. back to work on Monday and then yeah. head back out again on yeah Thursday for the coffee trailer. But gosh, that's a lot, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And then trying to race while operating a business is the most stressful thing in the world. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And then, well, because you're like even when you're racing you're still running the coffee trailer mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so so i got that's full week like full on weekend yeah yeah so i have to pack my bike all my stuff my nutrition but then i have to pack you know 20 pounds of beans milks coolers trailer you know and then you also need to leave energy for your kid yep like yeah that's which, a lot which, Honestly, I need to leave energy for business and uh, business and racing because the kid takes up ninety five percent of everything. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like um, that's I can't even imagine. That's your main focus, yeah. The, from the time you wake up to the time you fall asleep on the couch, it is full, full dad mode. I call it. Props to you, man. Our yeah. our closest friends in arizona that i've my best friends since elementary school they they a lot of them have just had their first kids in the past five or six months and yeah it's like been this total life change obviously for them for the better right but yeah like your life just totally changes like your oh. the energy that you have for like hobbies or extracurricular activities you need to really like balance those things and Mm -hmm. I definitely give props to you and them and everybody else that is doing what you guys are doing on top of having a kid. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so I, I went and rode with a 16 year old kid this last weekend mm -hmm. and he was telling me, it's like, dude, just really hard. You know, I just, I really just can't find time to train. And I was like, dude, you don't even know, like you are in the Find your life. You have no responsibilities. I'm like, you talk about time to train. I mean, you put a 40 hour work week, kids. Yeah. Business, you know, I mean, he was like, yeah, I guess you're pretty right. I'm like, yeah, dude, enjoy it, man. You don't need to do four hour rides every yeah. day, you know? It's all relative, right? Like, yeah. I remember growing up and my dad always telling me, if it's important to you, you'll make time to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's true with everything right? Like for you, obviously 
your kid takes precedence over everything. So yeah. you're going, you will make time and you're going to set the most time aside for that. Yeah. And then you still want to race your bike. So that's important to you. So maybe the time that you've allotted to be able to train and go to events has diminished, but it's still important to you. So you still do it, you know, yeah. like you're making time. That's I've never heard that one. And it's so true. Like yeah. you don't have to force yourself to do anything. Yeah. You will find time if you truly love it. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, if you don't like it enough, you're going to find ways to not do it. Yeah. Like and we all, I think, I think we all come up with ways, like, obviously we don't want to do things, but yeah. like it's, it's prioritizing things. And my dad used to always tell me like, get used to doing things that you don't like to do. Cause the majority of your life, you're going to do things that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Like whether it be work or chores around the house or yard, like we are, whatever it is. So like, it's like, you better get good at stuff you don't want to do. <laughs> Cause it's a lot of it. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, when you go perfect examples, like open the trash can and you're like, shit, got to take, take this out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't go forever with like not taking the trash out, but yeah, I'm no, sure this, I'm sure the same thing goes for you when like you're packing up after BWR to go home this weekend after mm -hmm. this weekend, and then repack to come back down for cactus cup you're probably like oh oh yeah well i just did this yeah and taylor you go it's like not just i gotta pack like a bike helmet in my suitcase like it's like pack and play which is basically a crib that you can take with you your bait all your baby stuff which is twice as much as what you have the diapers yeah. the wipes the toys the books you yeah. know your wife's stuff yeah by the time you're leaving for a two-day trip you know you look we look like the uh like the brady bunch you know with the dog like, doo -doo 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 -doo, like going down to you're uh, like how do i need so much shit to go two hours south oh it's crazy oh it's yeah. it's so crazy our life is packing and unpacking like all we do and then when you put throw the business into it too you know mm -hmm. then you're like that's like the baby the dog my suitcase her suitcase and then you're like okay now all the beans the milks the coolers the the foods the yeah it's just like holy shit it's a lot it's a lot that's funny yeah so i think that's why i'm semi-successful for racing at the pro level with not being able to train like that is because mm -hmm. i don't have to think about the race everything is just like all right i think it's less like the racing part's probably the easy side for what you have going on oh yeah like race, I can enjoy it <laughs> yeah i don't have to think i don't I, I don't even get to think about the race it's yeah. just something i'm like okay oh my god it's 7 45 i need to get my kid on and warm up in 15 minutes to get to the start line and i get to the start line i'm like oh don't have to think about riding my bike now for the next two plus hours but then when you're done you're like i gotta think about coffee i gotta think about my wife my kid like all no. logistics behind that like yeah it's like the bike race is the the time where you can disconnect from everything on these oh. weekends for you. Oh yeah. And just dig deep with, you know, call it dad Watts for a reason. Like, yeah, you know, um, but so congrats by the way, on the old Pueblo. That Thanks, was man. absolutely stellar. Um, we're shifting gears a little bit and I'm just excited and like curious to know like how, 
you and Lachlan were just able to link up? Did he text you or did you text him like, Hey, you know, we're both ultra endurance athletes. I'm not, I don't really want to do 24 hours this year, but I want to break the record. Do you want to do it? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Like, <clears throat> um, my coach, Dave Harris, we kind of changed my whole program back in November, like shifted gears totally on how he coaches me. And with that change, I kind of got in my head. I was like, oh, it'd be really fun to do something. At I just love Old Pueblo so much. Mm -hmm. Like being from Phoenix, I've said it a bunch, but like to me, that's the that's the Super Bowl of bike racing. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, how do I find a way to get down there and still like participate? And I I've always done it solo and I wanted, I kind of kicked around the idea of doing it solo, but at the same time, like it's so hard to race that thing solo in February because it burns so many matches so early. Mm -hmm. So we were talking, it was, he's just like, I don't think it's a good idea. Like don't do solo. Um, and so I had thought about this idea of doing a duo. Um, but I honestly had zero interest of doing a duo, like the more traditional way where people either do one lap on one lap off, or they double up on laps. Like to me, okay. that just sounds terrible. Like I can't, I've done one duo 12 hour and we switched off every lap and I was like, not, not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> so I really thought like, who would be interested in doing this? Um, and I emailed Lachlan and then just a couple of days later, we hopped on the phone and he was totally game. He's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And I told him my idea of doing like 12 hour shifts. And he was like, yeah, to basically didn't have to convince him at all. Yeah. So it was, it was super low stress like pretty much last minute. Like, I think we hopped on the phone early to kind of mid January. And all we said was like, yeah, let's just go out there, try and go fast and have fun. And we'll just split it up. And we didn't really sit down and talk game plan until the day before. Um, and all we had in our minds was like, we looked at the duo record and we're like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to, chase the duo record doing it in rather like a rather non-traditional way splitting yeah. up the shifts into 12 hours and then so he did the first half and then i did the second half and then as the race wore on our pit crews um started to figure out timing and they're like actually once I was out there, right when the sun came up, I would call my pit crew every time we crossed the road. And so I would do that solo too. Like I call them and tell them like, Hey, I'm 10 minutes out. Can I just have this ready? And so they'd hand me it off. It saves a little bit of time in transition. So they told me, they're like, Hey, you guys are on track for 24 laps. And I was like, there's no way. Like I just, I never, it never even crossed my mind that we would get 24 laps. I just, I honestly thought, and I think Lachlan would say the same thing. Like we just wanted to go fast and have fun. Yeah. And then once our crews started to figure out the math, they kind of shifted the, the game plan of how the race would play out in terms of like Lachlan would do, well, they start talking about this closer to the end of his shift. So Lachlan did 11 laps. I did 11 laps. And then he went back and slept for six hours and then he did one and I did one. And a lot of people don't know this, but 
I was so nervous to do that last lap because I only had about 55 minutes off the bike and Lachlan was pretty fresh. Yeah. I'm like a real, I struggle with confidence a lot. Like I'm pr a pretty self-deprecating person. I always have been. And so after I finished my 11 laps and Lachlan went out for his 12th, which was our 23rd, I basically just sat in the transition tent and Lachlan's crew and my crew were like, Taylor, can you go out there and do like a 59 to an hour minute lap? And I'm like, fuck, like, I hope so. I mean, I'll try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are leading. If Lachlan's going to bring back this four-man team, because I had passed the four-man team that was overall in the mm -hmm. lead, and I got passed back before I handed it off to Lachlan. And then Lachlan passed them to give me about a minute 30 buffer to start that last lap. And I was so freaking nervous. I was like, I don't want to be the guy that blows this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, I want at first when I finished my 11th lap, I, and Lachlan went out at first, I was like, let's just have Lachlan do the last two. Cause he went home and slept. Yeah. And then we all got to talking his crew, my crew and my wife who was back in Arkansas on the phone. And they're like, no, you guys got to divvy it up evenly, like do 12 and 12. Right. So I'm like, God, oh, it's so much easier said than done, but like, I'll just go out and try. And it, it worked out in the, in the end. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm like, like I said, just, just before, like I'm a very self-deprecating person. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to blow it. I'm totally going to blow this thing. Screw it up for everybody involved. And uh, yeah, it, it worked out. And I think my pit crew, I'm really good friends with, um, the two main guys that helped me, Mike Rice and Kenny Wen. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were just like, just go out and ride as hard as you can. And I'm like, I mean, I'll try. Like I have basically 12 hours in the leg, but I'll yeah. see what I can do. And it, yeah, I think I'm really thankful that they, I think they kind of ran like a test on me to see how I would react to that pressure late. Mm -hmm. um, and Lachlan's crew and Lachlan were so cool. They were like, dude, if we get passed for the overall, who cares? Like we don't care. Yeah. Like, it's been super fun. So yeah, it was, Lachlan was the perfect partner. Him and his crew were awesome you just like to do stuff with people like that, that are, they just say yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they don't take much convincing. No. Um, so it was freaking awesome. Yeah. It was, I, it was a blast. I couldn't imagine you with anyone else, but Lachlan, like, yeah. if you, you know, like if you were to describe, like, I, I'm going to team up with someone to ride 12 hours with, Lachlan would be the perfect person. He's kind yeah. of the guy who's like, all right, well, I don't care. I mean, do you want me to like <laughs> British Columbia to Mexico, like really fast and flip flops? All right, let's do it. Yeah. Like yeah. I'll ride from my house from California to the start, then do the first 12 and then hand it off. Yeah. Yeah. And no, so it was, it was fun, man. What's crazy. And like for all the listeners out there, you are racing a, for the overall, you are racing a four person team. And it was just you and Lachlan. And so just whoever's, whoever listens right now, just put yourself in that shoe of you just raced 12 hours and there's a four man team who are pretty fresh and you're still trying to beat that four man team with just two people. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely like looking back on it, I think I definitely surprised myself. 
But I think for Lachlan and I, that was the only way to do it because Mm -hmm. I think that him and I are similar in like, if we did on off on off or double laps, I would have been toast come 10 AM on Sunday. Like I don't operate well like that. Like for Mm -hmm. me, I need a long time to get warmed up. Like I need two or three hours in the legs until I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to feel good. Yeah. And I, I think Lachlan's the same way. Right. So I think that was the only way that we could do it. I think in the long run, it's a, re- it's, I think it may be a little bit slower for, to do that if for other two man teams. Yeah. Um, it just, it was the, it was the way that we wanted to do it. And yeah, it's, that's kind of the only way I, I imagine do it and imagine doing it. Yeah. And especially after, you know, the last few years trying to do the 24 hour solo coming into this, the 24 hour old, old Pueblo, knowing that I don't have to do 24 hours. I get to just do 12 hours. Yeah. It's probably a huge weight off the shoulders, you know? Um, I have a similar experience. We did a 12 hour duo, but we did two and two Mm -hmm. for a while. And then we went to one and one because we were going out so hard for the first two. And then he'd go out hard too. I would go hard too. And so, man, like six hours in, we were like, Whoa, I wish yeah. we could have done. All right, I'll go six. And then you go six because it is, it's like you get warmed up, you get fresh and then you sit yeah. and then you get cold because in Flagstaff, it kind of got cold. And so, oh, sure. yeah, it just gets, you just get out of the rhythm. So no, I think that's super smart and it's so unique. Isn't that the first time ever it's ever been done too? Yeah. At least at that race. Uh, I, well, I don't know. Like we had talked to Todd a couple weeks before the race and he was like, Oh, I think this is a pretty cool idea. Like we've never had anybody do it this way. Um, so it was just, it was kind of just a fun experiment too. Yeah. I think a lot of people assume like we had stuff so figured out mathematically before the start of the race. And that definitely, we had an idea of what we wanted to average uh, in terms of lap times. And then when we, when our pit crews realized that our average was much lower than what we were ho- hoping for, mm-hmm. then that's when everything kind of shifted. Um, so it was fun. It was just like, Oh, there's a bonus. There's a bonus on the table now. Totally. Yeah. What was your average speed? Um, I think I ran. So for 12 laps, my average was like an hour and 20 per per or for, yeah, for, for over for 12 laps, which was, I think, I mean, for 24 laps, I think we did it in 24 hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for like 12, 12 hours and 20 minutes, it was like just, just over an hour. Dang. So, and then Lachlan, Lachlan ran into some trouble with his lights on two laps at night. Um, and so that, I think he was, I think he averaged like one of threes or something like that. But if he had, if he didn't have trouble with those lights, he, he was, and that was another thing too, right? It's like, go, I didn't realize going second. I was like, dang that. I didn't realize the pressure I put on myself because Lachlan just lit it up the yeah. first day. I'm like, if I don't live up to this, like I look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And not that, not, you know, saying anything about you. I mean, you both are amazing riders, but Lachlan Morton, I mean, that's where he like, that's where he thrives is those yeah. really, really long bike rides. 
Yeah. So I'm sure coming behind him, it was probably intimidating. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, man, I like, I'm the one who brought this idea up. So I better like live up to the, <laughs> to the expectation here. I, I didn't want him to be like, to lay down these heaters for the first day. And then I go out and then him sit in his pit or go back to the hotel and sleep and be like, this guy just blew it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, like, you know, anything can happen too in 12 hours. Like it doesn't even have to do with your physical ability, let alone like your machine. A yeah. wheel blow, chain could break, crank could break. I mean, there's so many things that can happen that can just blow a race like that. For sure. And like, we were, we were super fortunate, right? Like our pit crews were so dialed. So there was no second guessing like them having nutrition ready, um, equipment in the pits ready in case we needed it. So like that stuff was, it kind of takes some stress off. Um, it was the first race on a new bike for me. And it just, I think that that excitement also helped being on a new bike. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just like, a I don't know. It was, it's definitely a highlight and then i think i the recovery definitely wasn't as bad as like a doing a solo mm -hmm. but it's different in a way because you're racing obviously you're racing harder than you would race a solo so like i feel like the recovery the fatigue didn't kick in until like two or three days once i got home back to arkansas mm. and then you're kind of playing like oh i gotta i gotta play catch up here so it's just yeah. it's interesting yeah, totally. I mean, it's more, um, you're riding at just a higher, higher wattage for yeah. 12 hours. So you might even put on a huge stress to the body yeah. as, as equal to a 24 hour race. Yeah. Uh, and so do you just take the bike off or how did you kind of handle that? Um, so we finished on Sunday, obviously afternoon, and then I flew out first thing Monday morning. Hmm back to Arkansas. The problem that I had was I made this assumption that, Oh, I'm not starting until close to midnight. So I will sleep. I'll take like a four hour nap before I start. And that was not the case. Like I just couldn't sleep. No. So I was, I mean, I think, I mean, we woke up at like seven on Saturday and then I didn't get to bed until probably 10 30 on Sunday night. And so I just like, I just totally misjudged the fact that I wasn't going to be able to sleep before my shift. Yeah. And so that was like, whoa, I hit, I hit a wall hard. <laughs> I'm sure. And then when I got home on Sunday, I was like, I need, I need two days of solid, solid sleep. Yeah. Like a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need a hibernate after that. Yeah. So it was like, I didn't sleep like, 12 plus hours or anything but i just slept so hard yeah oh my god um and so how was the new bike by the way it was freaking awesome i'm like yeah i'm in love with it it's like i've only known one bike for so long mm -hmm. and so it was really it was scary to change what i've all i basically all i know um but I think I needed a change yeah. in a way. And then moving to Northwest Arkansas at the end of 2021, I've, I've always, even since before moving there, like I've, I've really, I really appreciated allies, allies design work, the way that they custom paint bikes. Um, 
And then getting to know people at Allied after moving there, it was like, oh, this is a really, this is a really cool brand, not just because of the product that they make, but also like the testing that they do in my backyard. It's, it's weird because it's kind of similar to Pivot, right? I was with Pivot yeah. for so long living at the base of South Mountain. A lot of the testing was done on South Mountain. And then I moved to Northwest Arkansas and all the testing is done in my backyard in Bella Vista, Bentonville. So it was just, yeah, it's been, it's been so, so freaking cool. And I don't know, I'm, I definitely feel privileged to be where I'm at right now with Allied. I'm super thankful for them. Like the second we started working together, they've just treated me really, really well. Um, and I couldn't be happier and more thankful for the, for the opportunity. But yeah, the, bike, we the bike was so awesome. Yeah, dude, they're so sexy. Yeah, I've never ridden one, but just the the design is yeah. just different. Like it's, it's so it's so cool because the bike rides. You can most people set the bike up one twenty one twenty front and rear. Yeah. Um, and it's still a super fast, nimble bike one twenty one twenty. But then I set my bike up 100 mil front and rear for Old Pueblo and probably will keep it that way for the majority of the season. And it feels like the acceleration is insane. This I personally like a steeper seat tube angle. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I noticed right away is like, I feel like I can climb better with a seat, steeper seat tube angle. Yeah. And I'm like in love with the idea of having a bike that I'm a little further. I feel like I'm a little over the BB a bit more. And so that, I think that that's going to pay dividends in the long run. Totally. Yeah. And I don't know, you haven't really released the gravel bike, but have you? Um, actually both bikes I'm on right now are not my personal bikes. Oh, um, because they it's, this is, I mean, I I'm sure, you know, but I don't think a lot of people know, like every allied is made in Northwest Arkansas. Nothing is done overseas. So you, if you place an order for a bike, like they lay it up in-house. And so my bikes are still being made at the moment. Um, it's not like they just, it's not like when I signed with them, they're like, okay, we're going to make your bike. Like there's paying customers that their bikes are in line. Right. Like, yeah. so I think that the next step is we're going to design paint the custom paint job for my mountain bike and for gravel bikes. So I'm on demos right now, just with my parts um, yeah, it's, it's real. I'm super excited about it. Cool. I'm excited to see what you choose for that paint job. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Cause I'm like, I like black everything. I was going to say black, all black allied with yeah. a white allied up would be so sick. Yeah. But then my wife, Mary's like, you need to do something different. Like you get to choose your paint job, do something different. And I'm like, yeah. I always wanted just a black bike with white logos. So we'll see what we, what we come up with. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm stoked for you. Like you've been with pivot for a long time, but it goes to show, I mean, you were in Arizona, you know, and like pivot is based in Phoenix and, but how long were you with pivot years? Right. Like, yeah, I actually started working for pivot, um, in 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, and then started racing enduro on a pivot in 2014 and then 
yeah, I've been on pivots. I mean, I was obviously riding a pivot in 2013 when I worked there, but then it just, yeah. I stopped working there and then I st started racing more and more. And then actually my wife worked for pivot for nearly seven years before really? we moved to our, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've, I mean, I've known Chris Kokalis even long before I worked there. Yeah. Um, I was actually, when I got the job with pivot, I was out, out of a job and I needed a job and I just contacted Chris and I was like, Hey, can you hire me? Like I will do, if you need the bathrooms cleaned, if you need like whatever, I just, I need a job. I really like the idea of working for pivot. And that's how my relationship with them started in terms of riding their bikes. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so growing up in Phoenix, um, I can kind of relate because I live in Flagstaff and I, we spent a lot of time in Phoenix, um, just because of the weather in the winter. Mm -hmm. um, so were you born and raised in Phoenix and just kind of, so I was born in Bedford, Texas. Um, and then my family moved back to Phoenix when I was two or three. So I've lived basically my whole life in Phoenix, actually lived my whole, most of my life in the foothills area in Ahwatukee. Oh, sweet. Um, and then that's where I met my wife, Mary. We met in high school uh, at Desert Vista. If anybody, people probably have no idea what that is, but um, that's in Ahwatukee where, where I grew up. And then we spent one year in Colorado and then moved back to Phoenix. And we were back in Phoenix for six or seven years before we moved to Arkansas. So sweet. Yeah. Um, where in Colorado? We lived in Dillon, Colorado. So Dillon? Yep. Um people will probably recognize Dillon. It's our house was about two miles from Keystone. Yeah. 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 I'm from uh born and raised in Gunnison, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Gunnison is freaking awesome. I love Gunnison. Yeah. For like four months out of the year. And then it's just Arctic. Yeah. 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 Hartman Rocks. Is that what it is? Hart Hartman's yeah. Rocks. Yeah. I love that area. And Crested yeah. Butte is like all I, you can't find a better place to ride a mountain bike. The problem is you can only ride a mountain bike there for like three months. <laughs> oh, they, I, that's like literally the Mecca of mountain biking. It's yeah. old hippies who rode counties. Like yeah. built trails back there. It's so and, sick. And ripped them on townies, like hardtail. Yeah. Mountain bikes weren't even invented yet. And they're like, no, I feel like we can take these things out there, you know? And yeah. Uh, above tree line. Above tree line. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I know like you guys moved to Arkansas for just the the pricing. Um yeah. just everything here in Arizona and in Colorado. Yeah absolutely astounding yeah um, yeah it was like we we had rented once we moved back from Colorado we were renting the same house from a friend and we felt super fortunate that like we never got a rent raised in the six plus years that we lived there after we moved back so we had started kind of kicking around the idea of buying our first house <clears throat> and it was just one of those things where Arizona wasn't really realistic yeah to buy our first home um so we just decided like well let's check out utah let's check out colorado and obviously the same thing just so expensive and so 
we had never even stepped foot in the state of Arkansas. Arkansas was honestly the most random place to us. And we, a friend of ours, really good friend of ours is a real estate agent. He hooked us up with an agent in Arkansas. I think like two or three days later, my wife was on a plane, flew out there, toured like 10 homes in a weekend, decided on a house while I was still in Arizona. And we moved out there like three months later. Crazy. It was, yeah. And it turns out to be the best decision we've ever made. Like we're That's so stoked. Yeah. We're so That's excited. That's how it should be. Just yeah. full send. All right, babe, go check them out. I trust you, you know? It was scary. Like it was super scary, but our thought was like, we can always move back. Yeah. You know, like if we don't like it, we can either move somewhere else, try something different, or we can come back to Arizona. So, um, I mean, it's, it was difficult because our family is here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. We have a really, really tight knit of friends. Um, I've had the majority of my friend group since elementary school and they're all here. Um, so that was kind of hard to move away, but at the same time, we come back to Arizona usually for two weeks in the, this time of year in February. And then since moving, we've actually come back for two plus weeks every November too. So we're here a lot. Yeah. And a lot of the races are on the West coast, you know, so I'm sure you find yourself coming back and forth, you know, there's yeah, steamboat gravel and Leadville 100 and yeah, just the cactus cup i mean everything kind of starts in phoenix and then migrates upwards which uh, that's that's why i love it here is like in flagstaff you know we there's snow outside but this last weekend we just went down an hour to cottonwood saw some friends and just rode single track and got out and kenzie ran and we just had a good time in 70 degrees and we came back up here and it was 52, you know, it's just, yeah. Uh, do you, the, do you ride, do you ride Sedona much in the winter? Yeah. So I ride, I try to ride Sedona as much as I can this year, not so much, but in previous years I would go down there almost every weekend. Okay. Yeah. Just, I mean, 30 minutes South and it's just, I mean, Sedona, it's unreal. Yeah can't beat it hard hard riding you know like you can't average anything more than 11 miles an hour because you you that's the best riding though that's the best riding that's my type of riding i say that's that's the kind of riding that i can compete with the the smaller guys who have like a really high watt output yeah i'm just a bigger guy but it's when it becomes technical and punchy and like there's a drop I'm dropping it, you know, like, <laughs> when it comes like enduro, like, let's go. Um, have you gone to, um, true grit in St. George? No. Oh, you should definitely look into that race. It's, really? uh, it takes place in Mar. I mean, a couple, actually a couple weeks, super similar to Sedona. And it is such a good mountain bike race. Like that course is legit. You should definitely look into that. Is it near Moab? No, it's St. George's in the, it's maybe hour and a half north of Las Vegas. Ooh. Yeah, it's all, it's freaking awesome. The course is unreal. Yeah, because that's not too far. I mean, it's probably like a five hour drive from here. Yeah, I think it's, I think it is the second weekend of March. Okay. 
So maybe the weekend after Cactus Cup or two weekends after. Okay, I'm going to look it up. But it's awesome. Yeah, that's where that's the Sedona riding. Um, there's a loop called the Big Freaking Loop. Yeah. Uh, it starts like kind of in Oak Creek and you hit Slim Shady, you hit Highline, and then you go, you go all the way over to Gurdner. You kind of loop it all the way around. It kind of loops uh, clockwise all the way around Sedona. It's like 55 miles. And I did it on a giant XTC hardtail 90 mil fork. <laughs> and it was like, when I got done, it was like I got beat up by like three men. Your body is like shattered. Shattered. I was like, oh, I'm going to go out there, smoke it, get the FKT. No, I got done and I was like, I, I went, I think I went off course. I'm crying. <laughs> Dude, 50 miles of there is the real deal. Yeah. It took like six hours. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Like, no recovery. A long time. Yeah. And it was just arms, butt, neck, back. Yeah. Just everything just got brutalized. But yeah, no, this writing is phenomenal just out here. And then Flagstaff, they're building... I mean, they've already built, I think, 80 miles of new single track all on like, really? yeah, Humphreys. And so that's like high Alpine kind of crest of butte riding, you know, where you go from town and you're instantly climbing up Eldon on a sick, chunky single track. And then you rip an, an enduro downhill and then you come wow. back on the road and you can just, I mean, you can go do 80 plus miles out there right now that's so sick yeah so that's kind of why we're like you you know you when you're looking for houses you're like where is the location that has national forest that like i can go explore because yep. you know i don't really necessarily like to do work out in the gym the yep. mental health fitness aspect to working out in nature whether it's like running or getting on the bike yeah we kind of cho chose flagstaff for that reason it's just gone. It's, like you look, it's like you look for the most outdoor recreation possible yeah yeah like, being regardless in, of what it is yeah and phoenix which i tell people is the best city in america city right yeah. because before i even moved to arizona i was like hell no would you ever catch me in phoenix now living here for so many years if i got a job in phoenix we'll move down there in a heartbeat because it has amazing regional parks like mcdowell south mountain uh they have the maricopa trail which i just so found sick. which yeah. 300 and some miles around phoenix so yeah. that's on the list so there's so many cool things about super accessible too like you can access everything from like phoenix mountain preserve south mountain like you said mcdowell haas is exploding right now like yeah. there's stuff all around the valley and then i don't know 50 minutes to an hour you can be or yeah you can i'd say about an hour you can be to mount ord which is yeah like in my opinion the most legit climb in the state like yeah it's yeah, there's there's no shortage of stuff you can do on a bike or any outdoor recreation in Phoenix for sure. Yeah. And is that kind of like Arkansas? It's just right out of the back door. It's insane. Ar like <clears throat> the trail networks in Northwest Arkansas just like it still blows my mind 
to mm-hmm. what we have there. And actually, like, this is, might sound a little corny, but I'm, we're, like, so proud to live there now. Because the community, like, everywhere you go, there's bikes everywhere. It's like out of a movie there. Um, and it's not just Bentonville where all the trails are, right? Like, we have things called Imba Epic Trails, which are they're not in Northwest Arkansas per se, like there's stuff in central Arkansas, there's stuff just south of Fayetteville. Um, the gravel riding in Arkansas is almost better than the mountain biking. Like really? there's, yeah, there's so many unpaved roads in Arkansas and Southern Missouri, it would blow your mind. Like you can go out and ride. I go out and ride south of Fayetteville. So about a 45 minute drive from our house in the Boston mountain range. And people assume Arkansas is either relatively flat or just super short, punchy stuff. And that it is very punchy in Arkansas. But if you go to the Boston mountain range, just south of us, you can find 45 minute climbs all day long. Like there's legit. Yeah, there's legit stuff there. The further east you go in the state, it's much flatter. But we are in this. We our house as a crow flies. We're like a mile from the Missouri border. Um, So we're in the very, very northwest corner of arkansas and yeah there's nothing flat there it's either up or down up or down that's so, awesome yeah because even the and the elevation there is relatively low but yeah it's it's hot it's about the same as phoenix oh really yeah, yeah. so but the constant change in uh geography yeah having hills when i think of arkansas i think of like kind of like the midwest like kansas you know yeah, yeah, it's not like that. No, it's definitely not. Like you go there and it's I get way more climbing, way more vert living in Arkansas than I did living here. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like when I go out and do like structured workouts, I'm I'm like either looping the same section of road. So you're you're getting more vert that way because you're looping the same climbs, probably. But yeah, even on like a like a proper gravel loop i get way more vert living there um and i personally enjoy that like i enjoy the aspect of of, of climbing yeah because um, yeah you definitely you get the reward for the descent on the on the other side but yeah it's it's a really special place to live and, and the winters are pretty mild too like yeah we'll get probably two maybe three weeks where it's really nasty yeah um, but like, that's not that bad in the grand scheme of things. No, no. And it's really hard to find besides Phoenix, yeah. perfect weather. You know, I mean, when it hits October, November, you can guarantee 90% of the states are experiencing cold. Nasty yeah. But I see your Strava, you know, I see you out when it's snowing here in Flagstaff and you just did like a 40 mile gravel ride. I'm like, okay. It must be warm. Yeah, like it's, I mean, I don't know, when was it? Uh, Two or three weeks ago, we had extreme weather, like negative 20. Yeah, it was really, really cold. Uh, Like we couldn't, our, we couldn't wash clothes for a week because our, the lines froze. We couldn't pull water. We couldn't drink water from the fridge. Um but that's like I said, it's only about a week or two, maybe three. Yeah. You just ride the trainer for those days. 
And then I would say like the average in Arkansas where we're at 40s in the winter, like it's pretty Not manageable. No. No, that's that's what we have here in Flag. Yeah. It's pretty manageable, but we're at 7,000 feet, you know. To be expected, yeah. Yeah, but for 7,000 feet, I mean, it's hot. Pretty- yeah, yeah, I don't think anywhere in this country, if you're at 7,000 feet, it's 52 degrees in February, you know? Yeah, it's like shorts and short sleeves. Right now, yeah, like after this, I'm going to go on a run, I think, in shorts and a t-shirt. Like it's it's <laughs> really nice out right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, and I think that's what's so cool about the states, you know, everywhere from Northwest, Southeast, Northeast. I mean, there's just amazing outdoor recreation and it makes you realize how big the state is like the more you travel or or how big the country is the more that you travel like this place is there's so many places to explore yeah i mean you go to germany and it's like colorado nevada utah it's like the size of just four states you know (laughs) you go to our country it's huge yeah it's It's crazy yeah and so when you're like driving from arkansas to arizona it's 19 hours it's crazy oh man that drive is we were talking about before we hopped on it's it's brutal but um i mean we get to bring like when we come we drove i flew out for old pueblo and then flew home yeah Uh, and then on this trip my wife was able to come with me with our two dogs so it's like no other people are like why don't you fly it's like well a i would prefer to drive and yeah. B, then i get to bring everything i need the dogs get to come with us my wife get to, gets to come so it's an yeah. adventure yeah exactly yeah no i'm i'm the same way um so like when it comes to this season what what are your i guess goals slash um expectations i should say um racing wise are you going to be doing the circuit or big? so i didn't get selected for the grand prix this year which if i'm if i'm being totally honest i wouldn't like i 100 expected not to be selected mm-hmm. after my past two years doing the the series i didn't do myself any favors at all by pretty much not performing at any of the races I think some people would say like, oh, you had bad luck. And I don't really, I don't really believe in luck. There is some sort of luck involved, but a lot of ways I think you make your own luck. And like, I just didn't perform well at all at really any event. And that series is getting so competitive that if you don't show up, like you're not going to get selected. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was kind of like a, I think, I think your ego kind of takes a hit a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, well, you just didn't like, there's no excuse. Like there's, it'd be easy to say, well, this happened. So I should be selected. Well, the truth is I just didn't, I didn't get a result that I needed to, to get selected again. So the only thing that I can do now and control that is like, I'm still going to go to a lot of the lifetime races. Um, But at the same time, I was really, really bummed when I didn't get selected and then after a couple of days, I was like, you know what? This kind of opens up some opportunity. Like I get to go do events that I really, really want to do. Um, like, for example, I've always wanted to do the Vapor Trail. 
Mm -hmm. And the main reason is because it scares like the living shit out of me. Yes. Looking at it and thinking about it. Um, But that one to me is like, that that's what really excites me is stuff like that um but yeah i mean we'll we'll do a ton of gravel racing we'll do like we're just start we're gonna do bwr this coming weekend cactus cup and mid-south so Mm -hmm. that's three weeks in a row starting this weekend um and then i'll fly out to sea otter and then the weekend after sea otter is whiskey so it's a it's definitely a busy schedule but I think in some ways not being selected, yeah, it hurts, but at the same time, it's, it's a, there's positives and negatives to everything. Right. And so I'm, I'm kind of just choosing to look at the positive rather than dwelling on the negative. Whereas in the past, I would kind of have a pity party and be like, well, you know, I, I wish I was selected and I wouldn't come up with excuses for myself, but I think it's really important to like face reality and like look reality dead on and be like, no one is at fault for not being selected except myself. Yeah. Like if you got a mechanical, that's on you. Like, I think a lot of times if you get like flat tires, I think a lot of it's rider error. Like if I get a flat tire, it's because I chose the wrong line or I chose the wrong tire pressure. Yeah. Rather than just like blaming it on other things. So yeah, that's kind of a long winded way of saying, no, I won't be at, participating in the grand prix this year but i'll still do as many of the events as i can um along with doing a lot of races that are either a new to me or races that i've wanted to do that's awesome and like like you said taylor and like as if i from the outside perspective when i look at you as a racer i see number one i see you're fast as hell right but i also when I see you, you inspire me to do, uh, amazing big feats of what I think is impossible. You kind of are a person that a lot of people look up to as like, I think it could be possible. And so I think with the lifetime Grand Prix, you're not getting selected as a blessing in disguise because I think a lot of your fans and people who follow you and look up to you were probably like, sweet, let's see Taylor do all of these things that we want to see. Like, man, you've always been, you know, doing 24 hour plus adventures. Well, maybe do the unbound XL or, you know, these, these things that you just kind of set a precedent um, in the way, like all the brands see you and your fans see you, you know, the lifetime Grand Prix, it's kind of like you're above that, you know. Why why do the same same races every year against yeah. Tour de France riders? It's just a different, you know, it's a different racing. You're like the kid from the desert who's like, fucking, let's throw some bags on this bitch. And let's <laughs> see how far we go, you know, because I got some demons that I want to slay. Um, yeah. you know, and so I don't know. I I personally, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm personally, I'm not, I'm, I'm bummed too that you didn't get in, but like, I'm stoked to see what you do with this. Like, I don't see anything like, oh, Taylor's done. I'm like, sweet. Well, where is he going to go? Like, what is he going to do? Um, what yeah. cool documentary is going to come out with him? Like conquering, conquering 50 states and 50, you know, I don't know. Something cool is going to come from this. So yeah, 
That's I, super nice of you, man. Like I, I think the thing is, is I'm, I said it earlier, but like, I'm a really self-deprecating person and I, I, I really struggle with like self-confidence, Yeah. but at the same time, I want to compete against the fastest people in the country to see where I stack up. Um, and I feel like I've gotten in my own way more times than not. Like my head has gotten in the way and I've let it get in the way. And so that's why I wanted to race the Grand Prix this year was like, let's, let's try and not step up. Let's have a year where we try and not step on my toes at all. And then just see where I line up against the fastest people in the country. Right. Yeah. But that'll have to wait. Obviously that's okay. Um, so yeah, we'll just take a different approach. Yeah. And why, why do you think, you know, you've, you self-deprecate, like, is it, is it something that, was ingrained as a child or was it the one time you were playing dodgeball and you just got hit too many times you know yeah like um i don't know where it i think a lot of it has to do with like some people may know a lot of people probably don't know but like i've had a pretty checkered past with anxiety and depression hmm. um i i'm guessing here but i think that that may have something to do with it i also like i assume that everybody that i line up against is more talented and faster than me and then when i take a step back i'm like man i have i'm so lucky to have the support that i have and i have an amazing coach and i have an amazing support system so why can't i get that confidence and there's times where like my confidence goes up a little bit and then I will let this, the dumbest thing knock it down and, yeah. and peg it down. And so, I don't know, it's, I wish it was, I don't know, maybe I'm fragile. I don't know, but it's just, it's the truth. Like I'm just yeah. that way. I'm just wired that way. Yeah. And no, I'm just, you know, it, I just ask you that question, you know, because we all face that. Mm-hmm. And in, in so many different perspectives and experiences though, you know, cause I don't want to negate your experience. We all kind of have like really bad thoughts about ourselves, about others, you know, um, even professional football players who are making millions of dollars, I mean, end up taking their life. Right. Yeah. So I think, um, in light of being a professional athlete and especially younger kids, like 15, I'd say 14 to 20, you don't have enough life experience to kind of travel the emotions that you have that are really bad. You don't really know how to deal with them. Um, especially when I was younger, anxiety, depression, horrible body image. I would look at myself in the mirror and see someone who's fat um, because of my childhood and because of what others have, you know, bullied when I was a kid. I took that on as my problem. It was like, you're not good enough for me, right? Like, And it probably creates these habits, right? That like stick with you into adulthood. Totally. Even to this day, you know, like, 
even to this day. Um, yeah, I can look in the mirror and go, Hmm, I don't, I don't like what I see, you know, but I've learned through my adulthood that I have a practice where you just, I just say, I love you. You know, mm-hmm. I look at and say, I look at it and look it and say it. And I'm saying it to myself. It's the weirdest experience, you know, yeah. you don't want to tear up. You're like, man, I do love you. You know, you are me and I am you. And we're, we've been through everything together and I just love you. Um, yeah. But that's interesting that you say that. Cause my wife always tells me, she's like, you need to practice more self-care. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like, I don't really fully understand what that means from time to time. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, you just want to go, 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 go. And before you know it, you like hit this wall. And then my wife is like, let's be, you got to take one day at a time and you got to look after, you have to look after yourself by doing more, more self-care. Yeah. And that, that can mean different things for different people. Right. But it's the truth. Yeah. And like, I always say we have the ability to love. I mean, look at the way you love or the way I love my daughter, the way I love my wife, the way I love my dog, the way I love my friends. Why can't you? I love myself like that? You know, it's a really tough question to ask. And everyone who's listening can probably say, yeah, what the fuck? why and it's yeah it's like you can't come up with a clear answer but you can come up with a clear answer for the other things yeah well because they take care of me they love you know they do all these things for me because that's my daughter of course i'm gonna love her yeah but you have done everything for yourself i mean you've gotten yourself to this point you have a support system that you've created you know there's so many reasons to love yourself but we decide i think ego or something is coming up with excuses to not because the mind is powerful man when that when that thinking train starts it's hard to not get into it it's like like i I can i can circle it back to the bike maybe so people can understand a little bit um i look back to just last weekend at old pueblo right and i'm like oh Maybe I got lucky that I was able to link those laps together. Maybe I got really lucky, like maybe trap, maybe, maybe lap traffic was down on my laps. So that allowed it. Like I, I always come up with these reasons why I get something and not look at the truth, I would say. And yeah, I'm like, well, maybe that, maybe I was only capable of that one time. Maybe I'm not capable of that ever, ever, ever again. And it's just like this irrational way of thinking and it's definitely not a nice, nice way to think or a nice way to look at yourself, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not afraid to say it. It is because it's the truth, right? Like, that's just how I think. Yeah. And I, I, I respect that you're open and honest about it because it can open up a conversation to help someone who's going through what you've been through, what you are going through as well. Um, and I think it's funny, you know, when you, when you say like, you're coming up with excuses, like, well, well, maybe it was the lap, like lap traffic was messed up or the dirt, the dirt moisture level was actually at a lower percentage or, you know. And maybe I got the perfect condition 
like maybe things lined up perfectly for me that allowed me to get this lap count. Whereas then like other people had worse conditions. So that's, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I'm always trying to, I don't know. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. And we all do it. Right. And it's like, would you ever during the 24 hours of old Pablo tell Lachlan, you just got lucky, dude. No. Was down. Dirt moisture level percentage was way down, dude. You had the perfect condition. That's why. You know, it's like you would never, you know, like you would just never. And so it's just funny because I do the same thing. I'm sure everyone who's listening does the same thing to themselves, like this self-deprecating. I'm like, nah, man, you're not good enough. Screw you. You wouldn't have yeah. done that, right? You're like, we would never say that to anyone else. And it's so bad that we we do say it to ourselves. And like catching yourself, tell yourself that. It's like, hey, stop being mean to me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but to yourself. Yeah. Like literally like, Hey, stop being mean to me. That hurts my feelings. Yeah. I've never done that. Maybe it'll help, you know, it's, like actually catching yourself and being like, Hey, can you stop being mean to me? Dude? It's so weird. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I wish I had, I wish I had like a concrete answer as to why. And I'm sure other people, I'm sure you wish you had that same answer for when you do it and when, when others do it. And it's just, I think in some ways it's a good trait right like there's because <clears throat> it keeps like the humility in things it keeps you humble yeah because in my opinion like <clears throat> humility is kind of the like the pinnacle of things if you can't do anything without humility like what's the point yeah um but you also need to be able to shift and like be proud of what you accomplish no matter how big or small it may seem to you personally and like look back and be like yeah that's really cool like i'm yeah. glad I, I did that yeah my, i did that with the help of other people like that was really cool that we accomplished that yeah but it's so freaking hard to do because you always are like you always want to redirect it right you always want to redirect and be like ah the only reason i did that was because of the support the only reason i did that is because x y or z yeah so it's weird the hours of training and dedication and, and love for the sport and the love for your body and making sure that you get the perfect sleep and nutrition and you feed yourself right. You know, like that's the truth. That's yeah. like, that's, it all came together and your wife helped and Ken and all these people were there. And um, no, I'm just, I'm speaking as if like, I'm, I'm speaking through you, you know, um, I, I don't know what happens, but I can see like, you do put in good hours and you do treat your body right. Honestly, we all have those times where the mind kind of takes over, you know? Yeah. It, it is just so funny how we do that, especially, especially a professional athlete, you know? And that's why I, I thank you for talking about that is because there's, there's a girl or a guy listening who looks up to you and is like, it's okay, but how yeah. can, how can I fix this? You know? Mm -hmm. and it's oh. also like the kind of the social media word world that we live in right is people see somebody from one angle and they think oh they have it all figured out and you never have anybody figured out like you don't you don't know at all what's going on behind closed doors you don't know what's going on in someone's head like it's better to just be 
rather than assume, and I'm guilty of it. Like, I'm not ashamed to say, like, I make assumptions about people Yeah, through social media. I just do. But if you take a step back and be like, I'm going to erase that a little bit and just erase assumptions mm-hmm. because you never know what's going on in somebody's head. Like they may have it. They may seem like they have it all figured out and they don't. And some people that it looks like they don't have it figured out. They may be in a way better place than the next guy or girl. So it's just a weird world that we live in of like, <clears throat> you just kind of got to walk this fine line of assuming a position that somebody's in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and walking with the grace of compassion towards everyone, you know, because it could be something that you say in the grocery store, you that you were, you were irritated, you had a bad day and you just said something mean to someone who really did not need to hear that and who might be actually going through a really hard time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think mental health, it's so much bigger than just depression and anxiety. I mean, it is, it is a major issue. I studied psychology. Mindfulness is what I researched. Um, I mean, I delve into it. Like we, mm-hmm. I've really studied the, the defects of mental health and what that can do to everyday life. You know, yep. like when you play a video game, you play because it's a joyful experience, yep. right? And then when you wake up from sleep, we, the first thing some people say is, fuck, I got to go to work, right? It's like, this doom and, it's like this doom and gloom right away. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm here. And when you like step back, it's like, well, treat it as a video game. Like yeah. you create your, your experience, you know, whatever the mind can conceive, the mind can achieve, but walk life as if it's a video game and it brings you joy play you know play yeah you do you you literally have you like me and you share a similar connection and my wife and i'm sure your wife as well like we have we play like mm-hmm. we go ride like kids like we get to travel and we get to do so many things that like sadly other people don't have yeah. the ability to do right it's crazy when we drove into town yesterday my wife and I, obviously we don't experience the same traffic in Northwest Arkansas that we do in Phoenix. Yeah. So we're coming in around rush hour and we're on the 101 going south and the traffic was just brutal. And my wife and I started talking of like, this gives, like, I start to freak out when I'm in traffic like that. We both were like, the only thing that helps it is you just have to like surrender and be like, there's, there's literally nothing I can, I can't control any of this. So yeah. just just wait in line like everybody else. But then we got to talking too about like how many people in the car next to us, in front of us, behind us are like dealing with something else that it's all, what I'm trying to say is like everybody's experience is relative, right? Everybody's hard is relative. Everybody's struggle is relative. So like, yeah, like I may be, and it wasn't like I was freaking out in traffic. It was just, we, we observed it, right? It's like, oh shit, this is, we don't see this every day where we live now, but like, if I get, if I get heightened a little bit in traffic now, maybe the person next to me is ultra heightened. Mm-hmm. And then that makes them spiral. So you just don't know. Like there's so many people, there's so many people on the one-on-one going South. Like <laughs> you don't know what every person's going through. Yeah. 
two cars wow. ahead of you, the man's getting a divorce and he's losing everything. Three cars to your right, there's a baby just screaming their head off and the parents yeah. are losing. It's just like, it is Some, like somebody got diagnosed with terminal cancer, but then somebody's yeah. getting married tomorrow. Like it's wild. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and it is like count your blessings, you know, and like in my experience, I feel the most whole when I'm living in a state of love. Mm-hmm. Or like a state of stoke. And I don't mean that as like advertising purposes. <laughs> but yeah. you know, like we, like I love being stoked, like stoked to start a new day, stoked for my coffee to brew, stoked mm-hmm. to drink my first coffee, like the yeah. little, you know, stoked to give my daughter a kiss, my wife a kiss in the morning, stoked to go to work. You know, like, like finding the little, little nuances. Dude, the- you know, when you say that, you know what that reminds me of? The people I love the most at bike races yeah, are the people and this is, how do I say this without maybe offending somebody? Maybe the guy or girl that comes in at the back of the pack mm-hmm. is the most stoked. That's the, that's the, my wife and I are always like, Fuck, like, I want to live like that. Yeah. Like, if they come in last place, but they cross the line and they're like the most ecstatic and they're just like high on life, mm. like that person, that's, They've got it going on. Like yeah. that's the person right there. They're out there three hours longer, suffered yeah. three hours more. But they are like the most ecstatic at the finish line. Yeah. And they may have literally come in dead last, but they don't give a shit. No. And I'm like, God, that person is, they've got something going on that the majority of us don't. And I want some of that. <laughs> like I, I definitely want what they've, and I don't know, maybe it's like a, maybe it's a, Thing that they're portraying but it sure doesn't seem like it a lot of the times i've seen it yeah and i'm sure the person that comes in last place has an amazing life oh yeah you know yeah. like is the one who came in last on their like sales and report who like i didn't make zero dollars <laughs> you know like but uh, they show up they're like they're showing up every day yeah so like, they're doing what they can but like it's it's way more to them than it is to maybe you or I like I, I don't know how much like what it is to you but I know what it is to me and I wish I had I wish I had that what they have yeah when you come through the line and 10th yeah like yeah. I did it you know but you travel and that's your job right and you you do this on a on a weekly almost monthly basis and that's probably their only race. So their experience is so different, you know, like, yeah, but it doesn't mean like, I can't, it doesn't mean like we can't change that. Right. Like, let's be totally honest. I'm never, ever going to be Keegan, someone of his caliber in a race. Like it's not going to, it's not, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to show up to a lifetime grand prix event and win one of those things. Yeah, I'm the first person to admit that. Yeah, so the sooner I can ex- like accept that, the more stoke I can have about the experience. Yeah, about the race. Like, yeah. it's just it's weird. It's but it's also like I think we all need to work on figuring it out. At least I do. I can't speak for anybody else, but I, but I definitely do. Yeah, because if if could you imagine? 
I speak to the the younger generation, you know, because they're the next, they're the next people that are going to change our world. You know, mm-hmm. if they see Taylor Ledeen come in, let's just say at a lifetime Grand Prix, 20th place with both hands in the air, <laughs> stoked and high-fiving and being just this vibrant energy. They're going to do that because they see that that's an example that is being set, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, they're it, also going to be like, oh, that looks super fun. That looks sick. Like, I want to do that. He didn't come in with his head down and he was upset or he was sad or mad or cussing. Yeah. No one wants to do that. You know, it's like they want to, they want to, they want to embody the, li- the liveness of the sport, you know? Yeah. yeah. And when I first started racing, man, I, I was just stoked to take fifth and expert. I was like, yeah, fifth yeah. place is huge. Yeah. And you take second and first, and you're like, whoa, I don't belong an expert anymore. Yeah. And maybe I got bump up a little bit. I take 10th. Yeah, 10th and pro. You know, it's just all like so relative. And then now we're doing it for a long time. It's just like, fuck, third, you know? Yeah. Damn it. Third place. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 so crazy to think, but and same in life, right? It's it's like we have that same experience. Some people are stoked to have their first cup of coffee. Some people bulgers again yeah it's like such a mindset you know and like and it's so true it is such a mindset right it's like is it a mindset of lowering expectation or is it a mindset of like being more present i don't know yeah i i'm no buddha but i i think it's just the lack of presence yeah that's totally true. Like the lack of presence, the, the more presence you have, the more, the more life you feel in the things that are here now, like you feel your breath, right? Like just to feel that, you know, cause it, it, like a lot of meditation and spiritual teachings are just breathe. Mm-hmm. That's some people, some spiritual teachers just say, sit and breathe and learn from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm it's like oh yeah that's actually beautiful that we can do this simple it's pretty uncomfortable if you don't do it yeah like i have i'll admit like i've never been able to meditate i I just haven't been able to and i think the i've said this in previous podcasts but i think the bike is some way like some type of meditation like when i go out and ride and it's just by myself Um, i'm sure you can relate to the same thing 100 but you're right like it's if it's uncomfortable at first to be like, I'm just going to sit still. Yeah. Not have a TV going, not have my phone playing, like whatever. But it's, I feel like the more you can do that, the more you can kind of appreciate the now and be present. Yeah. And the bike teaches you that too. I mean, the climbs, Mm -hmm. everything, you have to be present. I mean, you have to be completely available. So, yeah, no, I agree that the bike is a meditation and it's easier, I feel like sometimes than to just sit, yeah, <laughs> and breathe. You know, um, sure. Then we got to deal with this. Yeah, you know, the bike can That's just the, yeah, you bike and you block it all out. Smash, yeah, my body's aching. I love yeah. it. You know, I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. Like 
bike riders, we ride bikes because we're kind of addicted to pain. Yeah. I cannot go a day without not putting my physical body through some form of pain that not bad pain, good pain. Like I like to feel pain, but yeah. is it because of this? Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's like we know. saw you when we were pre-riding at old Pueblo, we saw you running. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 After the whiskey tree. And I'm like, dude, I, well, first of all, I can't run to save my life. Yeah. B I'm like, God, that looks awful like running but i'm like he's loving it he's he's doing it i hated it but <laughs> i didn't have my bike you know and yeah. so i have to figure it out if it's snowing outside i'm in the gym dude going hard dude you were out there how long of a run did you do six miles yeah god six mile trail run yeah gnarly yeah do you buy bike if i'm at the dad fitness point in my life where i just want to be the badass dad go whether it's doing an ultra trail race or let's go ride from flag to Sedona and back to yep. running to work to fucking doing muscle ups in the gym to, you know, I just want to be like her, her boyfriends look at me and go, Nope, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I'm in that point of my, my fitness is like, I just want to be well-rounded. I know I'm not going to be the, major pro mountain biker anymore you know like i got a family to look after doesn't pay the bills but i'm gonna go out there and try to rip some legs off with you guys you know like yeah you're gonna go on charge i'm gonna go on charge yeah i got running legs on me man <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah so i think um but yeah i know i think what we talked about i appreciate you opening up and and telling and being vulnerable um it gives a lot of people a space to open up and be vulnerable and to talk, to hear someone like you. I look up to you and I'm sure a bunch of other people look up to you, but to see that person be vulnerable and honest about mental health, um, self-deprecating thoughts, um, other people who are probably battling something as deep as you did, as, as we all did to the point where they don't feel like living. Mm -hmm. we're going to talk to someone yeah and they're going to change or they're not or they're going to be heard and that's all that counts i feel like you know and so it's like conversations like this that open the door for people because it's the hardest thing is that you can relate not to you're not going to talk to anyone that's that is the hardest part is asking for help and i've said it so many times but like when i was going through some pretty bad places um mainly before we moved to Arkansas, like it was, it got really bad uh, to the point of like, that's when the suicidal thoughts came in mm. of the hardest thing to do is admit to Mary about that. Yeah. But the scariest thing to me about it all is that there's a lot of people out there that don't have a support system, right? Mm. Or they may be living alone. They don't have a significant other. They're not living with family. They may not have a bunch of close friends. So like, what do they do? Yeah. That is terrifying to me. I wish I could be like, well, you do X, Y, or Z. I don't, I don't know. Cause I was really, really fortunate enough to have Mary yeah, and then friends and family. So yeah, it's, it's a 
it's like a dark conversation, but it's a real conversation. It's it's as real as it gets. Yeah. It's as real as it gets. And so um your oh your documentary of shifting mindsets for me was so cool to see. Um <laughs> here's it, here's my daughter. Oh hi. Say hi. Did you really What's she doing? You really want to see dad? <laughs> she was trying to put the beans in the toilet. See, dude, full-time job. <laughs> I mean, do you guys have just loads of coffee beans at the house or do you have like a storage facility in flag? We we have sometimes loads of coffee beans that just go bad. You there's no human who can pound five pounds of daily brew, you know, like in their little McCafe. So yeah, yeah. We, now we go to the shop and just get like little bags. Um, okay. Yeah. But uh, we have a, sh dude, we have coffee everywhere. It's just like kind of when you're, you know, when you're like a drug dealer, dude, you just, you got drugs everywhere. Like <laughs> In the walls, under the mattress. The walls. Oh yeah, dude. If I hit this drywall right now, about 14 pounds of espresso beans are going to fall out. So how did like, how did this come about for you the coffee truck yeah dude um being a proper i should say i should call it a trailer not a truck yeah being a uh, an inspiring professional mountain biker I was just getting into like the sport and i was like wow i was also a general manager of a restaurant which was very taxing i mean i couldn't i, I didn't have my weekends which means i couldn't go race uh i was having these 40 plus hour weeks overworked underpaid i was like fuck it and then someone came to me and just said hey i have a friend who is selling a coffee trailer you have experience in the restaurant you have experience bartending like was this something you wanted to do i was like sure where does it go you know all the mountain bike races so i was like if i can go cater to my community i'm in so yeah that's how we got into it and then as we went into it, I realized I can't race. <laughs> I can't race. We can't have weekends. That was my business was weekends. And so we ended up selling a portion to the roastery. Um, and so we're going to slowly get out of the mobile coffee business so we can have racing and weekends and a normal job. So now I, I'm in the property management and real estate up here. So kind of... Oh. Was the coffee business like, did you have a contract with a, the local roaster with their beans? Is, and is that how the relationship was built for you? Like, sorry if I'm asking too many questions. No, about ask, ask. Um, I love I'm it. just super interested. Like, yeah. So yeah, we, we, we basically bought the mobile business and it was branded to the roastery. Okay. Um, so we would just buy the beans at a very discounted price um, with the roastery went under new ownership. And so now everything is more streamlined. So what? Ow. Ow. Here, come here. But yeah, so it's mostly, it's more streamlined. Um, okay. Like there's no contract. Um, it's more of just like, your your normal inventory that you have to buy okay yeah um and it's it's great because you will get a discount you buy bulk yeah you sell a cup of coffee man four bucks for a daily brew mm -hmm. 
that cost me the cup maybe is three cents and the amount of coffee you use for that 12 ounce pour was probably half a cent. So it's like, you know, it, it, the profit margins are crazy in the business of coffee. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then again, you have to look at like coffee, the espresso machines are not cheap. No. The trailer was probably not cheap. The gas no. to go back and forth is not cheap. And then do you have, like, do you hire employees or is the roaster now bringing employees to? Now the roaster is going to bring employees, but Kenzie, she's just going to man the coffee trailer for Cactus Cup. So, okay. so she's just going to run it by herself. Um, okay. But moving forward, the roaster is going to put employees in that trailer. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's expensive. That's why I'm selling, you know, like business insurance, uh, the amount of, milks and coffee you have to buy gasoline shit breaks yeah. dude you know when you're a business owner you got to pay sometimes a lot of money to fix that problem to yeah. do business you know and so it just it was just overwhelming um just the amount of unexpected um things that happened for us to yeah. like you know what we do want to save money we do want to buy a house one day and if we continue down this path it'll never happen just because it, it was enough to just get by, but it was just, we never knew what would happen next. Like, yeah, just, you were just living like in this big question mark. Yeah. Like if the espresso machine went, we were, we were done. Like, so you're just living on this like edge of, oh no. Like Is that the OG espresso machine that came with the trailer or have you yeah. had to replace it? One purchase, everything included. Okay. And the espresso machines. Yeah. Like nine grand if you were to buy it used. Yeah. So we really bought an espresso machine in a trailer, <laughs> you know, on like wheels. yeah, on wheels. Like that's what you, you pay for. Um, but yeah, I recommend it to anyone in a, uh, in a smaller scale, like that trailer does really good at old Pueblo, but we need to do events like old Pueblo every weekend for it to be a good profitable Business. Can you set up like with your, I'm assuming that you have like an LLC on that you run it under and your business insurance. Can you run it on a like rented piece of property in Flagstaff? That's what's yeah. running on the clock. Like, do you do that there? We did that in Cottonwood at the bike shop. Okay. Um, and it costs a lot of money to run a day. Yeah. Generator, gas, and inventory. <clears throat> and the foot traffic was just slow. We were in there the wrong season. There were so many things we could have done differently. And we just came out at a loss. And we said, with events are where they're at, because you take this thing to Old Pueblo where there's thousands of people and you're the only coffee guy. Yeah. When you're parked at a location, when they have Starbucks, the local roaster they have like other options they're not going to go to the mountain bike trailer you know like it looks really good on the inside but was is op like a, is that the biggest event of the year for you guys by far okay. by far yeah cactus cup pretty it's a it's up there for sure but as you know it's not the super bowl of bike events yeah. you know that's another thing too right is like yeah you get people that camp at that event but it's so close to fountain hills that people probably commute yep. to and from every day and so they're going to pass how many coffee shops on the way in 
Yeah. So like your the 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 potential customers that you can capture are probably diminished. Whereas at Old Pueblo, you're relatively speaking in the middle of nowhere. We're nowhere. Yeah, I'll even tell people to I'll like yell out the window, throw that away. Come get a cup of good coffee. Like they'll <laughs> yeah. be walking with like Starbucks or Dutch Bros. Throw yeah. that junk away. Cause we make really good coffee even in the middle of nowhere, you know, like, yeah. so I just, I always, cause it is, it's crazy. Like when you are a business owner and you see like someone walk around with Starbucks or like Dutch bros, it crushes you. Like mm -hmm. can people look at each other? Like, how dare they? Like they knew we were going to be here. Like, so now ever since like, we'll always support the local businesses, smaller yeah. businesses. Cause we know how important you walking in the door is yeah. for like that mom and pa because yeah. your cup of coffee could have made, made or break our weekend because if 25 people decided to get starbucks that's a lot of money down the drain you know yeah so but yeah it, it's it's been like the best learning experience how ever. many years have you had it now three three years okay yeah three years um and we 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 love it and we hate it you know like i bet yeah because i i did a lot of racing with it too so like we pull that trailer to like mbaa you yeah. know mbaa mm -hmm. um it's the local race series in arizona starts in january ends in may i would we that's one of our contracts is that race series and so we pull that trailer to mcdowell and i'd get it ready load it up get my kid on, go race the marathon. Home Come back. right back. Yeah. Sweaty in my kit, start pulling shots and making drinks. Like, oh dude, it was, it was crazy. And like cactus cup, when I met you just got done with my yeah. race, I'm sweaty. And I was like, Oh, Taylor, sorry, dude. So good to see you. I got to hop back in there. Bump popping. Is it, is it tough too with like owning something like that? Because I know a little bit on the back end, like that vendors need to pay for spots at yeah. events, right? It's not, it's not free for these people to show up and no. just bought their trailer in at an event. Was that another thing that was stressful? Is like trying to f like manage what events charged you in terms of like what profit margin you guys took from the event? Oh yeah. That's something that like we didn't know coming into it. Mm -hmm. uh, BAA was a relationship that I have with Tim, who's the event director yeah. and the previous owner built a relationship. So we, he doesn't charge us. We just okay. give all the volunteers free coffee. Like, yeah. Like we normally do anyway, like at OP, people will come up, Hey, I'm volunteering, dude, here, what do you want? Like mm -hmm. we're That's in awesome. nowhere. let's help you out. Um, but to get into O Pueblo, we also had to pay a thousand dollars. That's a, a lot of money. So when we're risking the biscuit at some events like Fountain Hills Art Festival, you know, when yeah. it's a thousand dollar entry, we have to make a thousand dollars in the first day to even break even. Mm -hmm. And so dude, some vendors, like, I don't know how they make it. Coffee's yeah. off, like profitable. Some people are selling like their paintings out there and have to pay like 450. You like know. rugs or something you know yeah and like old, old pueblo everyone kind of does successful out there todd does a really good job he's like he'll tell you 
you're paying a thousand dollars, but I guarantee you, if you do not make double or triple or quadruple that, I'll pay you back the thousand dollars. Like he's, he knows. He knows. Yeah. But some events, man, we've, we've paid and I've actually had to like t contact the director and say, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Like we paid you $700 and we made 650. Can you need a refund? We, that's time, money. I mean, you're asking too much for us to be, to be able to plot here or plop down here. Yeah. It, nobody can make it work then. No. Cause you were relying on the last month to pay your entry. So then, and then you pay your entry and now you're down that month. So hopefully this next event will bring you double that mm -hmm. when your next event entry fee comes. So it's just, it's, 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 it's a new way to manage. It's, it's hard to manage that money coming in and coming out, you know, like when an event was bad, dude, we would be screwed. It's scary. Cause you pay, you pay a lot. Like you, you know, we sacrifice the, the milks, the coffee, like everything we buy to bring to the public and no one buys it. Well, now we're out the $300 that we bought, you know? What do you guys do? Just start like sitting by the side of the road on the way home and chug milk. And Dude, at that point, we're like, if we have a loss, we go and we set up on like before we, ha I had a full time and I was just doing the business. I would go and set up the trailer somewhere to sell that inventory. Yeah. Just get it. At the bike shop. Get it gone. Yeah. Yeah. And like hopefully sell the inventory, you know, to make that $300. So it was, it's crazy, dude. It's a crazy business. Yeah. That's wild. That's, it's but cool some, to kind of hear about that because otherwise people just don't understand, right? They just see a coffee shop in, in the desert in Old Pueblo and they think like, oh, they just showed up here. They just showed up here and they're just happy to be here. No, that took a full week of prepping and ordering and like going in there and organizing. And then, you know, like for and you guys aren't, you guys aren't just there for like, you need to make something because you guys are giving up your time to travel from Flagstaff, which is what, three and a half, four hours. Yeah. Like we did uh, 175 gallons of water. We took to put that in like perspective. That's like 1600 pounds of water. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like to go to OP it is some planning that goes into that. Cause yeah. You got to make sure that we're, you know, we're feeding the public caffeine. How much maintenance does your machine need after that weekend? Oh, dude, that machine, she, old Betty, dude, she will like pump <laughs> espresso nonstop. And like, we don't even touch, like we clean her. But like no major maintenance? Once a year. That really? thing is stout. All pressure. <laughs> It's like an old, uh, like steam engine, uh, train. That thing is like, awesome. yeah, it's, it's badass, but there's just, you know, it, we, we wanted change. We didn't want the nine to five. Mm -hmm. We were pregnant. Like we bought this a little bit before we found out we were pregnant. Dude, we, we were like, we want to live the traveling lifestyle. We want to live in a van. We want to just take this thing everywhere. We wanted that excitement, you know, and it brought us more than that. Like, but at the same time, it was hard. It's still a business and doing it with the person you love could be hard. You know, like they yeah. say, go into business with your wife or with your husband, because it's hard, you know, it becomes it be stressors. Yeah. Yeah. It's very stressful. Um, 
especially if that's your make it break it for your month's rent, you know, like it could be really stressful. Um, but it brought us to amazing places and brought me to meeting you. It brought me to cactus cup and the, I meet directors and I like, dude, the community, like it is insane what that trailer has brought to my life. I mean, it brought me to my community. I mean, when people see me, Oh, the coffee guy, dude, I (laughs) came to Colorado and like, you're the coffee guy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm the coffee guy, you know, it's just so two, it's two, two or three years down the road. You're like the coffee guy who sold the trailer guy. Yeah, yeah, now I used to be the coffee guy, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I race bikes too, you know, <laughs> like, oh, you do? That's cool. Dude, so how did you do the coffee? You know, it's like, <laughs> but that's great. Yeah, I love it. And that's a whole metaphor in itself. That, that trailer, dude, I call it the white box of hell sometimes, I think. That thing can like, yeah, it's kept me up for many nights. I can only imagine. Yeah, dude. But it's, it'll be at Cactus Cup. I got, my daughter's a redhead. She's just running around screaming. (laughs) Yeah, I'm stoked to get some, I'm stoked to get some coffee from you here in a, what, week and a half. Yeah, dude, so excited. And I'll see you, I'll see you in like two days, three days. Yeah, BWR. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing the wafer. Okay. Um, just not putting in my normal base. I yeah. haven't had time to put in base. Um, so doing the wafer for the training for the cactus cup. Are you doing cactus cup? Will you race uh all three days or are you gonna do just do one day with running the trailer as well? All three. Okay. Yeah, short track's easy and fun, and that's my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um and then the 40 and then enduro, I guess also is my wheelhouse just being a bigger, yeah. but, and then enduro's it's, it's quick, you know, it's, it's kind of in and out and it's a very slow day for the coffee trailer. Yeah. People are like, yeah, people are traveling home. We're going to drive directly from the venue and start our drive home that day. Mm. I assume a lot of people, I assume a lot of people are in the same boat, right? Like they're, yeah. if they flew in, they're flying out or if they're traveling out of state they want to get going on sunday totally yeah and so doing all three days um and it's gonna hurt you know like i when i'm training it i I say training just prolongs the hurt so (laughs) i know i'm coming into cactus cup like it's gonna hurt yeah that's a good thing it's a good thing though yeah like pemberton pemberton last year i was like able to stay stay on some wheels and it hurt, but I was definitely in really good shape this year. I'll be like, I don't know though, dude, I've been doing like CrossFit and running and doing all these other things. And I went out to, uh, Cottonwood yesterday or this last weekend and put a KOM up on this. It's a local segment. It's like a big climb. And I had the KOM and I beat it my own time by 18 seconds. And at that time I was like, really fit and so i'm like shit dude i actually might be way fitter than i think i am you know super fresh like you're perfect you're going in super fresh yeah i guess and at altitude i actually didn't touch my bike for months i was so recovered i went out but um taylor anyway dude i'll let you get to the night and i once again dude respect you and uh look up to you and i can't wait to see what you do this year Thank you, man. Thank you for, for everything. It's been awesome to get to know you. And I just appreciate the time 
so much. Like, yeah, it was, it was great seeing you last last week or two weeks ago, I guess, down in yeah. Tucson. And I'm stoked to see you this weekend too. So yeah. I appreciate it very, very much. Totally, dude. And you have my number. And um, anytime you're in Arizona, hit me up. I want to show you around. Sweet. Flat. What? <laughs> She's going crazy. Going crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, so much love. Um, we'll stay in touch, but thanks for thank you for the day. Yeah, thank you, man. All right. All right, bye-bye. Wait, wait.